<laughs> Oops. Hi, everybody. I hope you're all doing well and uh, that you enjoyed that little bit of rain we had this morning. I thought I was on holiday. It was so nice to have some fresh rain. The only thing that it did do, which uh, frustrated me immensely at like five o'clock this morning, was that it decided to set our um, electric fence. You know when an electric fence goes bah, bah, bah for like ages? So um, yay to that, but I was very happy about the rain. So just want to welcome you online and in person. It's so great that we get to do church together, even if it's only 50 of us. Uh, still very, very grateful for that. And uh, we are in week two of our series, Impact. And impact is such a big word. I love the word impact. Um, I'm one of those people who, um, like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it with, like, passion and, and, and go all in. And I love that word. And that's actually our word for the year, impact. We need to impact uh, people in our lives, people around us, uh, because Jesus has impacted us. And so last week, Jason preached a phenomenal message, which if you haven't listened to, you need to download, um, just starting us off on in, uh, in the series of Impact, where he spoke about how God uses ordinary people who are noticeable and that you can see that they have been with Jesus. And I just think that's amazing. You know, that if imagine people saying, I can see, Dino, that you are a follower of Jesus. I just think that's absolutely amazing. And, um, and I know that he does say that. People do say that because your wife told me about the park story. But that's a, you'll have to speak to Dino afterwards. So, yeah. Anyway, Jason also mentioned a quote by Robert Mulholland that I absolutely love. It says, spiritual formation is a process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others. For the sake of others. That's the part that we are going to focus on today. For the sake of others. We've heard it. We know it. We probably might even believe it. But do we live it? Do we live our lives for the sake of others? You know, the thing about being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus, is we are already in a relationship with Jesus. And so the next step after that is that it's for the sake of others. Yes, we need to continuously grow our relationship and our intimacy with God. Yes, we need to um, do whatever we can to, to just, you know, be on that journey with God, but it's also for the sake of of others, and that's what I want us to focus on today. Jason mentioned uh, Matthew 5. I'm not preaching his sermon, I promise you. Um, but he just mentioned Matthew 5, 14 to 16, where it talks about being the light of the world and how we mustn't hide that light. And I particularly want to mention uh, from verse 16 that says, In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And I love the way that it's written in the message version, which says this. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Come on. Be generous with your lives. It will prompt people to open up with God. That's how we impact people, when we are generous with our lives people will see that we have been with Jesus. And um, what's necessary is that we um, continue to be a light and that we 
look at the needs of others and make it important to ourselves. We mustn't ignore those who are in need. That's how we can be a light. When we are generous with our lives, it draws people to Jesus. So before we go any further, I'm just going to pray. Won't you please join me? Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that your word is alive and well, that we can look into, the, in, into your word and learn so much about how you want us to live our lives, about what is important, about what it means to love others. Please be with us today as we unpack more about um, who you are and how you want us to impact the world around us the way that Jesus has impacted us. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. So, I'm sure that whether you have uh, one child, three children, six children, or no children, we can all relate to this. Is your day packed with getting yourself and your kids ready and out the door? Getting to work, getting to lunch, getting to that appointment, getting to exercise, getting to the shops to buy the groceries that you need to get home, to get to supper, to get to the dishes, to get to laundry, getting to bed so that tomorrow you can get up and get to getting to it all over again. Anyone relate to that? Okay. Even if you're in school, you know it's the same thing. You get from class to class so that you can get home to get to your homework, to get onto social media for the next 10 hours so that you can get up tomorrow and do it all over again. Just, just teasing. Okay, I just had to throw that in there. Um, but we all, our lives are so um, compact and it's, it's so um, dependent on a schedule that we are so used to just getting to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. Um, is your schedule packed so tightly that you can't even see who or what is going on around you. I don't know about you, but sometimes I am in such a hurry to get getting that when I go to the shop, I have blinkers on and I hope that with the mask and the blinkers, no one will recognize me so that I can get to what I want to do so that I can get out of there to get to the next thing. Is my schedule so tight that I don't even notice the people around me? Or maybe being interrupted will upset your perfectly packed apple cart. You know, we all have an apple cart. Our apple carts look different. Some of us, are, you know, the apples are just thrown in. Some are packed really nicely, but we all have things that we're juggling, things that we're trying to manage, time that we're trying to, to manage. Maybe your apple cart feels like it's going to crash down when you are at work or at school and you're working on a project. And it feels like every five minutes, somebody is distracting you. Something is annoying you. Somebody is coming in to ask for something. Uh, somebody needs something from you. Your phone beeps every two seconds. The email pings every five seconds. You know, you, you, you're trying to get to stuff. Maybe um, you're having a really important conversation with someone. And, you, and, and somebody just comes in the middle and interrupts you. How many of you have experienced this, if you've got children, or maybe even if you're a teacher? Okay? You're busy talking to somebody, and the kid comes, mommy, 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 teacher Sam, teacher Sam, teacher Sam. You're like, what? Okay? You know, you actually, you actually your apple cart is so, like, it's, it's going to wobble that even that causes a reaction in you. 
even that is just going to upset that whole apple cart. Do you ever wish that you could hang, just, just even for a day, that you could hang a do not disturb sign around your neck for your life? Do not disturb, okay? Anyone ever wish that? They could have a big sign around their neck, make sure that everyone can see it. Like, don't look at me, look here, okay? Look at the sign, do not disturb. I sometimes wish that God would let me get away with this, especially when I'm focusing on, on work or, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm busy doing something that I'm in a hurry. Um, because, let's be honest, interruptions can feel like, well, especially for me, that if I give in to that interruption, I'm going to run late for something, or I'm going to be even later than I feel like I am, or I'm going to become overwhelmed or irritable. Anyone over here relate to interruptions making you irritable? Okay? Yesterday, I experienced that while I was preparing this message. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay? But the reality is I can't tune out the rest of the world just because I don't like interruptions or just because you don't like interruptions. We can't tune out the rest of the world because God wants us to be open and ready for his interruptions. He wants us to be open and available to people and to needs around us. Now, a lot of you would know this about me, but a, quite, quite a few years ago, like many years ago, I was diagnosed with anxiety. And the type of anxiety that I have is um, it's, it's generalized anxiety disorder. So anything that I don't feel like I can have control on or anything that is um, different to what I've scheduled can make me feel out of control, make me feel overwhelmed, and can actually end up tipping me over the edge, can make me feel overwhelmed, and I can actually just... Um, fall into a bundle of tears at the drop of a hat because my anxiety was so, um, was just so elevated. It was actually so severe that I had to go, I'm still on medication because I want to be able to be a blessing to my family, to my friends, to those around me. And so we, myself in, con in consultation with my doctor knew that that would be the best thing for me. And um, everything would make me anxious. Like, Jason and I, I'm, I'm sure that those of you that are married can relate. One person is always on time, one person always runs late. I'm not the one who always runs late, okay? You can work that out as you see fit, all right? But even that, like even being one minute late, I would actually start crying in the car because the anxiety would, it, it would cause me, you know? So can you imagine that with that anxiety, the idea of an interruption was something that I left no space for in my life. Because if there's an interruption, I'm gonna fall to pieces, I'm not gonna cope whatsoever. But the thing is, is that when you live in that state, whether it's anxiety, which in my case it was, whether it's hurry sickness, or even perfectionism, okay? Striving for perfectionism, striving to get everything right, to live by your to-do list with perfection, we leave no room to slow down enough to see, to really see what's going on around us. What would Jesus do if he were me? What would Jesus do if he had my life, my job, my family, 
what would Jesus do? If we look at Jesus' life, we see that he constantly allowed himself to be interrupted. So I think that's what Jesus would do if he were me. Not to allow myself to be constantly interrupted, but he would allow for interruptions. And we're going to dig more into that. So the question I want to ask you and me is, are you interruptible? Or do interruptions make you irritable? Are you interruptible? Now I want us to actually take a look at the Gospels because there are many, many instances um, in the Gospels where we can see that Jesus was interrupted. And I particularly want us to look at Mark 5 and 10, Luke 5, 7 and 8, and Matthew 8. So I'm not going to read all those stories. I'm just going to explain to you what happened. So um, in, in Mark 5, it starts off uh, Jesus and his followers, or he's on his way from, um, uh, he's crossing the Sea of Galilee to get to a region called um, the Gerasenes. And no sooner do they arrive, uh, Jesus gets out of the boat when a crazy demon-possessed man comes running down from the burial cave, so he was living with, with the dead, comes running down, screeching, screaming towards Jesus, saying, Jesus, son of, son of God, get away from me, because it was the demons reacting to the fact that he was the son of God. And Jesus, um, he stops, he allows himself to be interrupted by this man. And he actually um, tells the demons to get out, uh, causes them to go into a herd of pigs, and the pigs run into the water and drown. And so Jesus allowed himself to be interruptible. Then um, the, the, the people on that side of, of, of the Sea of Galilee are freaked out. They ask Jesus to rather leave. He gets back in the boat, crosses the Sea of Galilee again, gets out of the boat, and there's a crowd waiting for Jesus. A crowd now interrupts Jesus uh, because they want something from him. They want his teaching. They want him to heal him. And what does he do? He stops and he starts ministering to them. Just as he starts ministering to them, um, he is interrupted by a leader from a synagogue called Jairus, who comes running towards Jesus um, and falls down at his feet and says, Jesus, please will you come to my home? My little girl is very, very ill. Please will you come and heal her? Jesus doesn't say, Jairus, later, let's make an appointment for one o'clock, okay? Jesus stops what he's doing. He allows himself to be interrupted, and he starts following Jairus. But then what happens is that Jesus gets interrupted by the crowd pressing and pushing on him. Now they are following him. They want something from Jesus. So as he's walking, they're pushing and, 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 and like wanting to touch him and to, you know, that you can just imagine if you've ever been to a, a concert or a, a I don't know, rugby, if it also gets full like that, I'm not sure, but you just pushed and, and prodded from every direction. And Jesus is then, his interruption, which was interrupted, is now interrupted again by a woman with a blood condition for over a decade who touches the hem of his robe. And he immediately stops and takes note of her and gives her attention and says, your faith has healed you. So, Guys, this is just Mark 5, and he's interrupted again and again and again. But just as he's talking to the woman, he's interrupted once again by someone from Jairus' home who says, don't worry about coming anymore. The little girl has died. 
And Jesus is, allows himself to be interrupted and says, no, I will come. And he heals the little girl and raises her from the dead. All of this just in Mark 5. Then we look at Luke 5. Jesus is busy teaching inside a house. The house is packed. There is no room for anyone else to come in. Um, these few guys have a friend who is lame. They really want to get to Jesus, so they dig a hole in the top from the roof of the house, lower Jesus um, down in, into where Jesus is teaching, and Jesus stops. He allows himself to be interrupted and heals the man. You know what's so interesting about that story? Is in the Bible, it never records what he was teaching. It only records him allowing himself to be interrupted and heal the man. I think that's amazing. Then in Mark 10, we see Jesus is on his way to Jericho. On the road um, to Jericho, um, he hears his name being called out by Bartimaeus, who is blind. What does he do? He responds to his name being called. He stops. He heals Bartimaeus. He allows himself to be interrupted. In Luke 8, Jesus is on a boat, sleeping, getting much needed rest, that he, like, like he really needed that sleep. He allows himself to be interrupted as the disciples wake him up in a frenzy because a storm has hit the, the sea and they're afraid for their lives. Jesus allows his sleep to be interrupted, firstly calms the disciples and then calms the storm. And then Luke 7, Jesus was interrupted while he was eating at a very wealthy person's house where only those types of people would have been welcomed. And a lady comes in with a very, a very expensive bottle of perfume and she anoints Jesus' feet. She, she wants to be in his presence. And Jesus doesn't say to her, <clears throat> excuse me, ma'am, this isn't the time or the place. Can you please wait outside until I'm done? He stops, he allows himself to be interrupted and he, and, and he talks to her. He gives her his attention. Jesus was interrupted as he traveled from place to place. He was so often interrupted that even his interruptions were interrupted and those interruptions were interrupted. But because he was doing the work of God, he was doing what God had asked him to do. So just for a moment, I just want to think about our day. As we go through our day, do we give ourselves time to smile at someone. Now, at the moment, obviously, we can't always see if a person's smiling with our masks on, but we can give somebody a, like, like a nod of, like, I'm, I can see you just by looking at them in their eyes, making eye contact, you know? Maybe you're walking through the passages of your office block. Do you make eye contact with people? Do you acknowledge their presence? Do they know that, that you actually are taking time? Do you, are you one of those people who see a, a mom maybe with three small children in the shop, the kids are falling apart, the trolley's falling apart, everyone is just, it's a basket case. Is your instinctive reaction to judge her and say, well, I would handle that better? Or do you walk past her and encourage her and say, you've got this, mom, you know? Do you take time to see the things going on around you, and actually be a blessing? Do you stand in a very long queue in the shop with a trolley full of groceries, but allow the person behind you who just has a few items to go in front of you? 
Because even though you would love to get out that shop and you're actually in a bit of a hurry, do you take time? Do you see what's going on around you? Now, these things I've mentioned are small things. But many times when bigger, more inconvenient interruptions crop up, we think, whoa, I must be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Because this interruption shouldn't be happening right now. It's not fitting in with my schedule. It's not on my to-do list. I can't fit it in. Is that our instinctive reaction? I must be in the wrong place at the wrong time. But have you ever thought that you're actually exactly where God wants you to be? Maybe you're exactly where God wants you to be. And so when we realize that, that we might just be where God wants us to be, and if we'll actually just take this do not disturb sign off of our lives and actually let people in, if we actually just take that off, drop that, and actually just notice the world around you, notice the people around you, so that we can impact those people around us because we have been impacted by Jesus. Now, there's nothing wrong with plans. We all need plans. We can't turn up to work whenever we feel like it. We can't drop our kids off at school at 2 o'clock. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't turn up to university if the lecture's already finished. You need plans. You, need, you, you, you can't live your life. I mean, you can, but it might be a bit of a disaster. So we do need plans as long as we build margin and are available to God. We need to have margin in our lives and be available to God. So what I'm suggesting is that we go with a plan, but allow God to interrupt us. You know, have the plan, but allow God to interrupt you. Now, just think about the interruption could actually lead to a huge God impact in someone's life. It's, it's possible. Like, you, you, you can only know that afterwards. You can only know that after the event. So how will you ever um, experience it if you don't make yourself available, if you don't take off the do not disturb sign from your life? And so it's all very grateful for us to hear these, these things about how we can, you know, we need to be an impact, we need to make a big impact, but how do we become interruptible without becoming irritable? Let's be honest. I'm sure we all want to know. Okay, great, Sue, but how do we do that? Well, first of all, you all know this, we preach it every week, you are going to think, oh, I knew she was going to say that, but the reality is it's true. The first point today is time with God. Because do you know what? You can't know God's will if you don't know God's voice. I can't know Jason's desires and things that he doesn't enjoy and what he enjoys eating and the sports that he likes doing and what his deepest um, fears and, and insecurities and enjoyments and all of that are if we don't spend time in intimacy talking and actually getting to know each other. I won't know what God wants if I don't know his voice. And so everything that I've spoken to about from Jesus' life, the few examples that I gave from the Gospels, um, you actually, um, a lot of that is, is actually before Jesus is, is out ministering to people and performing miracles, he spends time with God. He pulls himself away from the crowd and he actually spends time praying and talking to the Father. 
So that's what we need to do. We need to spend time praying. We need to spend time reading our Bible. We need to spend time quietly in God's presence so that we can actually hear what he's saying. And you know what? It's preferable to actually do that first thing in the morning before your day starts or last thing at night before the, the, the new day starts so that you can talk to God about your day, that you can talk to him about your plans, so that you can actually ask for his guidance, ask for his leading, ask him to, to um, help you to see when opportunities for interruption come around, you know, um, to recognize, should I, you know, um, help with this interruption right now? Is this going to be okay? Or is this gonna like mess up my, my plans too much? How will we know what God is bringing across our paths if we don't spend time with him, if we don't know his voice? And the thing is, is that while praying and reading our Bible won't always guarantee that we won't make any mistakes in managing our time, it will increase our confidence about the choices that we make. And so each time we react to a, or respond to an interruption, we will become more aware and more confident that that was God or that wasn't God. You know, it will, it will build our confidence. Psalm 143 verse 8 says, Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. So if we start with him first thing in the morning and entrust our lives to him, he will show us the way. So in under point one, what I really want you to know is this. We need to be wholly present with God before we can be fully present in the world around us. And the second point is that we need to take note and take part in what's happening around us. We need to take note and we need to take part. Let's look at the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan took note. He saw the beaten man on the side of the road and what did he do? He took part in helping him by taking action. He, he responded to that interruption. Um, the woman at the well, Jesus and the disciples were, were on their way somewhere. Jesus allowed himself to be interrupted. He took note of her, and then he took action to speak to her and to encourage her. The woman who touched Jesus' robe, I mean, everyone was touching him. Everyone was grabbing on him, but she was different. He took note and he took action to, to speak to her. Now, in all of these circumstances, in all of our lives, whenever we are on our way somewhere, it's usually to do a task. And of course our tasks are important, okay? But um, as much as these tasks are important, we need to stop and ask ourselves, is this an opportunity God's bringing along my path? Should I allow this interruption into my life right now? Plans are great and they're important, but we need to be willing to be flexible. And I ask myself and I pray, I really pray that you will ask yourself as well, am I interruptible? If I want to make an impact on those around me, am I interruptible? Am I aware of the needs of others? Am I aware of life happening around me? Or am I so consumed by my own life and my own schedule that I miss out on what God has put right in front of me? In Philippians 2 verse 4, it says, don't look out only for your own interests, 
but take an interest in others too. John 13 from verse 34, we've heard this one many times. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. As you love on others, as you allow interruption, people will know that you are a Jesus follower. Um, John Tyson, a, a pastor in New York, said, in our modern culture, productivity comes from work and often leads to exhaustion. But in the kingdom life, awareness leads to the identification of what the Father is always doing, and it leads to participation. So we need to be aware so that we can participate. Because there's always kingdom activity. There's always stuff happening. And so watch for the hand of God move and join in. Watch for the hand of God move and join in. And the third point today is that we need to be Holy Spirit-led. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. God sent the Holy Spirit down to Jesus before he started his ministry to empower him. We can't do it on our own. We need the Holy Spirit to empower us, to guide us, and to lead us. Otherwise, we're doing it in our own strength. And like with my anxiety, you will fall apart. You will become irritable. You will become overwhelmed. So you need to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. It actually says in Romans 8 verse 11 that the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. We all have the Holy Spirit. And God has anointed us with his Holy Spirit as well and has given us his gift of time to use to serve others. He actually wants us to serve others. Are we being generous? Are we impacting others? Have you ever noticed that sometimes um, some of the best moments in our lives come from unexpected interruptions? Like, let's, for example, an engagement. Unless you've both spoken about it and you know it's coming, that's like an unexpected interruption. Like, whoa, I didn't see that coming, you know? Um, I remember when Jason and I got engaged, uh, he had uh, come to see me that morning to tell me, yeah, we've been speaking about uh, marriage and so on, but he thinks that maybe we we like rushing ahead and we just need to slow down a little bit. And, um, you know, um, and I was all for it. I was like, of course, you know, we're still young, we're in our early 20s, what's the rush? We just met that year. This was like September. There's, you know, there's, there's no rush. Um, and that evening he proposed. So, unexpected interruptions, okay? Unexpected interruptions. So, we got married two months later, but that's another story for another time. Been married 22 years this year, people. Come on. <laughs> As Jason always says, and I agree, I deserve a naughty badge, okay? We'll just leave it there. <laughs> okay, so... Um, what about the unexpected interruptions when your children do things for the first time? You didn't say, like, on the 13th of January at 12.55, she is going to giggle for the first time. You don't put that into your schedule. Or when they walk for the first time, it's unexpected interruptions, things that bring joy, okay? 
Um, but what about those interruptions, those unexpected interruptions that we don't want? You know? Anyone relate to having a toddler having a total temper tantrum in the middle of the mall, everyone's looking at you, like, not that Taylor ever did it, but if she did, I would, I just walked away. I was like, see you later, buddy. You know, I was not having it. But I mean, those are unexpected interruptions that freak you out. You, you're usually in a hurry. You usually don't like the way you dress that day, so you don't want anyone to look at you and notice you, okay? Unexpected interruptions. The fact is, is that God brings unexpected interruptions into our lives and ones that we're not going to like, ones that we didn't plan for, ones that, like, the only personal example I can think of right now is when one day Jason and I woke up in Hamanus having a little bit of a break, and that afternoon we had custody of my, of my two-month-old niece. We didn't plan it. It was unexpected, but it was what God allowed, and we had to be available to what God was asking. And so obviously, you're hearing this message and you're thinking, whoa, whoa, Sue, are you just saying that I must just be available to every interruption, like everything out of, like, just, no, I'm not saying that, okay? Now, obviously, we know that interruptions can also benefit us because we get blessed by being a blessing but we are still left with a challenge of judging. Is this interruption one that I should be giving into? One that I should say yes to? Or maybe it's one I should say no to? Or maybe it's, it's an interruption I can delegate? Like, obviously, we need to ask those questions, and that's why my first point is so important, time with God, because how will we know if, if, we, if we don't ask that? And so... Um, we, we actually do have a choice with every interruption. It's your choice. You can say no to all of them. You can say no to, to some of them. You know, there's, I just want you to try and hear from God. I just want you to be led by the Holy Spirit because you will be better off for it. You will gain. God will bless you. He will give you the ability. When we took my niece in when she was two months old, do you know what? God provided nappies through someone in our church until she was out of nappies. God made a way. You know? God makes a way. And so even Jesus turned down requests. Even Jesus said no to the brothers who wanted his help with a dispute of, of inheritance. Even Jesus said no to the man who wanted to travel with him after he had healed him. It's okay to say no, but just try and hear from God. And so as I wrap up, I want to ask you these two questions. What am I missing because my life is so tightly packed that there's no space for interruptions? What am I missing? And who is not seeing the love of Christ or not hearing the gospel because I am too busy to tell them or to show them? Am I interruptible? To go back to Robert Mulholland's quote, if we are being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others, then our answer to those questions should be, yes, Lord, I am interruptible. Help me to take note and help me to take part as you did. And can I encourage you, before I pray, 
to hold your plans loosely in your hand, when you hold them tightly, God can't give you what he has for you and you can't let go of what he doesn't want you to hold on to. But if you hold them loosely in your hand, then you won't be traumatized when he interrupts your day, but you will realize that it's God giving you what he knows you can handle, what he knows that you're able to help with. And so the lesson here today is we need to be interruptible. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word today. Thank you so much that we can look at Jesus' life and be encouraged and inspired that it's okay for us to allow interruptions into our busy schedules, into our busy lives, but that we can rely on the Holy Spirit's leading to, to tell us when we can say yes, when we can say no, and when we can delegate to someone else. So important, um, God, that, that we, we want to be open. We want to be generous. We want to impact others' lives as you, as you have impacted us, Jesus. So please, this week, will you help us to notice the world around us? Help us to notice the needs. Help us to notice who needs an encouragement and who needs a blessing so that we can be all that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.